And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, I mean, it's kind of touchy. You can't really just go tell somebody to. Are you aware of the league upping the ante today by trying to inform teams that if unvaccinated players create an outbreak, a team could be forced to forfeit, and if that happens, players from both teams will miss their game checks? Then? Um, you say game check? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean,. You just told me something new, but like I said, it's everyone's body. What do you remember from seeing Dak in the hospital when he came Um, I remember going to see Dak in the hospital. He was out of it. But uh, <laughs> he was just like, feed me. <laughs> when he saw me, and uh, that made me, you know, I was sad, but that made me feel good. Um. But there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to bounce back from his injury. And uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does this year. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Well, the Cowboys have been in Oxnard for about a week now, so it's time for another About Them Cowboys podcast via the illustrious Athletic Podcast Network. So RIP to a real one. Dusty Hill, hashtag pray for Simone, bring home the gold, and hashtag pray for Dak. Let's get that trending too, because Dak left today with a shoulder injury, but luckily we've got our own John Mashoda on the scene, on the beat, with the HBO Hard Knocks cameras capturing his every move to give us the nitty gritty. So here they are, our panel from The Athletic, Father John Mashoda from The Athletic slash The Ticket, Saad Youssef, and of course, from The Mighty Eagle. Kevin KT Turner. Take it away, KT. Well, thank you very much, Kent. And um, I hope you're having a great time out in California, John. I wish my day job allowed me to be out there with you, but uh, I know Sod had a busy day with the stars. And Kent runs, uh, you know, produces pretty much every podcast on The Athletic. So there's a lot going on for us back here at the, on the home front. That's why we got you out there, Father John. And then here we are, not even a week into it, and Dax already missed a practice. What in the world is going on out there, John? Yeah, so he went through his normal routine to start practice, what they call their quarterback camp. And everything looked fine there. And then he broke off into doing the individual stuff they do with basically just doing working on handoffs and short passes of the running backs. And then they did some routes on air. And by that time, we're about, you know, half hour, 45 minutes into practice. And they're about to start doing their one-on-one stuff where I'm really pumped for because the pads are first. This is the first pad to practice since we've been out here. And we're going to get to see C.D. Lamb go against Trayvon Diggs. Been waiting for it, you know, for couple weeks now and next thing i know Dak's not the one throwing and i'm kind of like that's kind of weird like was he just sitting this one out because it's just one of those things where uh for example you didn't never i can't even think of a time that i saw one of the backups ever throw when it was des bryant's turn in the rotation during any yeah. in, in these individuals it's like if, if romo's gonna be throwing he's gonna throw every time when des is out there terrence williams whatever well it's the same with Dak. like if CD is lined up in a one-on-one. He's throwing. Michael Gallup, if Amari was going, same deal. So when he didn't go there, I was like, that's kind of weird. And then I saw him start talking to Jim Maurer, who's the head athletic trainer. And I was like, oh, well, that's probably not the greatest of things. So, and I saw, um, you guys get me all right? It says my internet connection's unstable in my hotel room here. So, but anyway, just give me a thumbs up if I'm going out. But anyway, um, so he... I look over and Jim Maurer's looking at Dak's right shoulder. And now we have this new social media policy for us while we're out here at training camp where we can't do any speculation on injury. So I'm like, well, I'm going to take a picture of Jim Maurer looking at his, holding his shoulder. So then it kind of like people can kind of put it two and two together that, hey, 
It's not ankle related, you know. But then even in the comments, there's some people that thought I was just trying to stir stuff up. So anyway, uh, about 10, 15 minutes passes and Dak's still not jumping in with that group. But he seems to be in good spirits and, you know, walking around, hanging out behind the that group. And then next thing you know, he goes and runs into the locker room. And then we didn't see him again for the final like 45 minutes of practice. And so that's when you're kind of like, hmm, this probably isn't the best thing right now. And we got an update from uh, the team that he was just going to get his shoulder looked at and it was nothing serious or whatever. And then after uh, practice, they said that we'd get an update, which they we did get from the team. It was it was basically a statement from Dak saying that, um, you know, it was a precautionary thing. Uh, I felt some soreness when making certain throws today and I really just decided not to push things too far. Better to be cautious and smart about it. I don't see this as any kind of serious setback. We'll treat it on a daily basis and, and I'll be fine. And then tonight, I didn't really leave right away like I normally would to come back to my hotel and write. I stayed there because I knew Dak was going to be doing interviews with the local TV stations. And so instead of every single individual TV station asking him at the very beginning, same question, how's your shoulder? They allowed them all to get him. And basically what Dak said is that he actually started feeling it a little bit yesterday in practice. It was just like a little bit of, he called it a little bit of shoulder soreness, a little bit of shoulder tightness. And, uh, I, I basically said that after that, that everything's fine. But my big thing on this is it's, it's muscle related. And so he had an MRI on it. This isn't going to be something where like, he's going to be right back to practice tomorrow. Like he's going to be missing some time. Like they're going to be very cautious with this. And that brings me to my last point before I throw it back to you guys. It's just that, you know, in watching Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci, like there's just, that's a significant drop off. I mean, I know there's some people what? out there. There's some people out there that think that, you know, Garrett Gilbert was like, ooh, this is a back and forth. I think it could either be him or Andy Dalton last year. No, Andy Dalton's better than Garrett Gilbert. I mean, I'm sorry. It just, he is. And so if you had Andy Dalton in there, I think it might have looked okay for a little bit or whatnot. Keep in mind, Michael Gallup hurt his ankle yesterday. Nothing serious, but he didn't practice today. Amari Cooper's not going to practice until I get back to Dallas. So you're basically got, with your first team, you got Schultz, Jarwin, uh, CD Lamb, Zeke first team offensive line. So you have some weapons to work with, but nothing great there. And so um, I'm interested to see how these practices go, because even with Dak yesterday, he threw three interceptions. And then today with those other guys working with the, you know, they all moved up a rung from the one, you know, working from twos to the ones, three to the twos and that five interceptions a day. So is that, Bad Doomsday quarterback, defense, baby. Yeah, is that bad yeah. quarterback play, or is that good? Is that good defense? So uh, that's two, two interceptions now in the last two days from Maurice Kennedy. So I guess that's a positive sign there. He's looked really good these last two days. Uh, Demonte Gary talked about Deion Sanders, right? Right, Demonte KZ uh, had one yesterday. Really nice pick. Uh, Trayvon Diggs had one uh, yesterday, and then today uh, we also got one from uh, Israel Mukuamu and. Uh, Tip ball to Darian Thompson, and then the one that probably would excite fans the most, the nice little uh, interception by Micah Parsons. So, you know, that's one thing. As bad as everything was defensively last year, if you had to find one bright spot on the defense from last year, it was that they took the ball away. I mean, they finished in the top seven in takeaways. And what we've seen in these last two training camp practices, that looks pretty good too. But as we all know, this team only goes as far as Dak Prescott can take it. And so, obviously, you don't want to see setbacks. Now, a couple of things. Uh, Saad, I'll go to you right here. So, first of all, John, you're telling me it was not a Romo Wednesday for Dak. It was. It's a little more than that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. We're joking early on. We're just joking. The first quarter joke here on the podcast. Get it out of the way. B, Saad, you're the quarterback of the show. You've got a you know history of playing quarterback. Is that something that you do every once in a while? Maybe early in two a days, you lob up a few interceptions just to get the defense's confidence up because you know that's the weak part of the football team. Uh, no, I, I mean obviously, like you know, when you're, I, I think, I think it's it's not concerning when it's Dak doing it, but you know, when you look at the other guys doing it, it's obvious that you know there there's a drop off there. Um, but I. You know, even even when it is Dak, like, you know, th those first few days are really rusty, whether it's, you know, guys that you're familiar with or not. You don't know what kind of like the, the offseason workouts are just different than when you once you get into team drills. This is stuff that, you know, we've heard from Dak in the past as well. I remember him talking about this a couple of years ago when, when we were out there and him just talking about needing a week or so to get back in a groove of things. So I wouldn't say it's like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm joking. It's not the doomsday defense, but 
Um, but you know, I, I don't think it's any kind of concern for Dak or anything like that, that he's out there throwing a few picks on the first day. John, I could be wrong. Cause it's been two years since I've been to camp 2019. Cause there was no camp uh, or in California last year, but you know, I've spent six, seven years going to training camp, watching, you know, as many practices as possible. And my memory tells me that the defense is usually ahead of the offense on the first couple of weeks. And again, I don't like making any type of conclusions at all based on where we're at right now in camp because it's just not enough to to really have a good feeling. There's a lot of unanswered questions. But am I wrong in saying that the defense is typically a little bit ahead of the offense at this portion of camp? Uh, not necessarily, but I have covered the Cowboys for the last 10 yeah. years, and the offense has pretty much <laughs> always been better every year than the defense significantly i mean you can just look you can go and just look at the salary cap on each cowboys team for the last 10 years and the majority of the money is spent on offense and so if you told me that during this training camp it was dak out there with amari cooper c lamb and michael gallup i don't think there's any interceptions i really don't but you know you got some other guys working there you got some cedric wilson there noah brown uh, Malik Turner. Malik Turner's made some really nice plays, but also he's a guy that isn't out there all the time. And so, um, yeah, generally speaking, uh, yeah, the defense can be a little bit ahead. But here's the other thing. Like, they don't have – even though they had pads on today, it was very – I don't know. I'm, let me see. It, how, this is how I'll explain it. So I usually try and shoot as many videos as possible of interesting things that happen. Like, I posted maybe two non-DAC videos during this – the practice wasn't – entertaining like there was nothing that really stood out from it i mean other than the interceptions obviously uh so i don't know that it's just like this great defense because here's the thing even though the pads are on like they're not really running the football like they're not really tackling to the ground and that's the biggest issue with this defense like i can see them picking off passes they can pick off passes on sunday but if the opponent is running the ball down their throat like we saw for the majority of the previous season it's not going to, those interceptions all come when they're down 17. Like it's not going to really matter that much. It's that's, this is the biggest question mark. Can this defense stop the run and can it do it consistently? Like, I believe they have the linebackers. I really believe they have the back end that they could probably do that, but it's the defensive tackle position. You know, is Neville mm-hmm. Gallimore going to be a guy that you can count on 17 weeks. He's going to be shutting it down. Tristan Hill could be a guy that starts the season on pop. So then you need a guy like a Osa Diggy Zua to step up. Or you need like a Brent Urban or a Carlos Watkins. I mean, there's just a lot of question marks there for me to believe all of a sudden, like they've turned a corner and they can stop the run. If they can stop the run, I do think they have the, the pieces on the back end that they can get turnovers and keep games in check. I could be a little wrong here, but this is kind of what I think in a Mike McCarthy camp. And I think he's he, he talked about this the other day. Like he's going to kind of slow burn and build this thing up. Like I don't think you're going to see things be 100% very quickly. I mean, you're still going to see the team drills and things like that, but I'm just thinking about his history in Green Bay too. They were just, they were very, and Jason Garrett was pretty good about this as well, trying not to get guys hurt. They actually, it feels like practiced a little harder, probably still early in McCarthy's tenure to even know, but like, it feels like they did end up practicing hard towards the end of camp with Garrett and things like that, but they do a pretty good job of, you know, just trying to keep everyone healthy. I think McCarthy's the same way. McCarthy knows what's like to keep it people healthy, how important that is. So I really don't think we're going to see camp ramp up. So when you're talking about stopping the run, though, it's hard to have any really idea of how that's going to be. And I don't know if that's fair, you know, 10 days from now in the Hall of Fame game either to be like, oh, this run defense, well, they might get ran over in the Hall of Fame game. But they're just not going to be at 100% there in terms of the effort they're giving and where they're at. It's just – it's going to be a slow burn. And I think part of that is McCarthy's philosophy. Part of it, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with, actually. Why get guys hurt in games that don't matter when they could get hurt in games that matter when everyone's going to get hurt anyways, right? Like, if you're going to get hurt, do it in a real game. That's kind of where I'm at on that. But we also have an extra preseason game and things like that. And many, many, many questions to figure out on defense – and that's where I want to go now to the acquisition of uh, Malik Hooker. Signing him off the streets. On one hand, I go, okay, it was the number 15 pick of the 2017 draft. He was a top five player for me in that draft based on watching his tape from Ohio State. Injury questions, of course, uh, has not played in a ton of games in his four-year NFL career. 
I was excited though, and I have like a why not vibe about the signing. But the other thing that I always that brings me back down to earth if I try to get up in the air about this is, well, he was on the street for a reason. It looks like the Cowboys aren't the only team in the league with safety problems, right? So, you know, no one else really wanted him either. So, um, have you got to talk to Malik Hooker? What are your vibes on him through uh, you know a couple of days in camp? So he said he had seven or eight teams interested in him, and okay. they were all basically. He didn't name him individually, but he basically said that they were kind of holding out to see where he was coming back from the Achilles injury. And so he had been in contact with the Cowboys most of this time going back to when he met with them in March, which, you know, DeMonte KZ was in on that visit. And, you know, like myself and many others, we kind of figured it would be one or the other. And now they have both. And I mean, injury history or not, he was a top 15 pick. And he can certainly take the ball away. And he believes from talking to him today that he still has that in him. He just has to be able to stay healthy. He hasn't played football in, in almost a year now, going back to when he suffered that injury early in the season last year for the Colts. So the thing, the thing with the Cowboys safety position is that just there's not a lot of guys there where you're like, well, this position's locked up. How could you possibly make the team here? He hinted at this a little bit without saying it, and this was the takeaway I kind of just had in my own mind is when he said those seven or eight teams, he's like, so when you break it down, you kind of look at rosters, you look at how you fit, things like that. I'm like, yeah, he probably looked at this roster and was like, yeah, I could play right away, you know? Like, I know him and KZ are both free safeties, but if they end up being the two best safeties, they'll find ways to get them both out on the field. You know, it's not like there's just abundance of talent over here. I mean, I would say if a game was tomorrow, the starting safeties will be DeMonte KZ, and Donovan Wilson, but I could see Malik Cooker working into that into that group as long as he if he's healthy he'll get out on the field. I mean they just they need playmakers, so uh, it'll be interesting to see when he gets out there. He's been going through the COVID protocols, so he recently got the first uh, COVID vaccine shot, so he's still waiting. You know he has that I think was a two week period before you get your second one, and so um, you know we've seen him. I mean he's obviously you know been wearing a mask and things like that because. He hasn't been able to break in yet and, and start practicing. And to be honest with you, going back to the, not only the McCarthy thing, but just with him coming off that injury, I think they're going to be very cautious with him too. Like they're not just going to be like, all right, you're, you're eligible to play now. Cool. Throw in the pads. Let's go. Like work in with the twos, you know, like they're going to bring him along slowly too. So I wouldn't be surprised if we really didn't even see much out of him in the preseason games. And it's just kind of like, Hey, let's see where this thing goes. But as everybody knows, it's listening to this thing. If they can get yeah. anything from the safety position, that's obviously a huge bonus. Yeah, and I think I think with Malik Hooker though that the injury factor is big, but it's also I, I think he actually has some potential to to help the team. This isn't like a Ha Clinton Dix situation where you know you just bring a guy in based on name and and you think that at, you know at one point he was productive and had ability. Like I do think if it wasn't for injury, he probably wouldn't even be available at this point of of the off season. So um, I think the injury, you know, bringing him along from that is probably a smart decision, but. I do think there's actual potential for this to work out. Now, and it continues to be a little bit of concentrated dart throwing at that position. Uh, we've talked many times on this podcast over the years about maybe not taking the safety position as seriously as maybe we would like, but I do like that there's some thought into it. Malik Cooker, we we know what it, you know the traits are. We know what his college performance was. We know what his ceiling was 100%. With Kazee, obviously we know the history that he had with Dan Quinn. You, uh, I'm always concerned about the Achilles. I think everyone's concerned about the Achilles, but I do like the concentrated, like, it feels like there's actually a plan there. And that's, at the end of the day, kind of all I, all I want. Like, the players are going to end up proving the front office right or wrong. The players are the ones who are going to determine that. What's the plan? And we're not just like all over the map. There's a plan there. Well, I've, well, I've got a good relationship with Keanu Neal or, or Kazee. I know those guys. Bring him in. Uh, Malik Hooker's a guy we liked in 27. Bring him in. So I, I, I fully support that. And again, if your expectations are correct as a Cowboys fan uh, for the defense, then you're not expecting to be a top 10 defense this year. So you're you're flying in a pretty good spot if you if you have your expectations in the right spot. So I'm a fan of what they've done uh, defensively. I, I'm interested to see, I know it's early, uh, your thoughts on Kelvin jo- uh, Joseph so far uh, through camp, John, because to me he's such a fascinating player. His tape was so up and down in Kentucky, and for him to be a second-round pick, you need him to play, and 
we kind of talked in the offseason about, I don't know if he'll start immediately. Um, so what are your thoughts on what you've seen from him so far with the disclaimer, of course, that it is very, very early. Yeah, as of right now, I'd still say the starters are probably Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, and Jordan Lewis. But Calvin Joseph's been working with the twos. And I will say this, he reminds me in a, in a little bit of the Trayvon Diggs from last year that we saw in that he's very aggressive. So I can see him getting some calls against him, you know, some getting handsy, get some penalties called, things like that. But he seems to be a guy that is aggressive to the point where maybe he makes some plays on the ball. Now, we haven't seen him. We've, I mean, I think I've he knocked away a pass the other day, but like we haven't seen him get an interception yet, whereas like Trayvon Diggs just seems like he's like a ball magnet. It just seems like he's in the right place at the right time quite a bit. Uh, but Joseph's been, he's been solid. I mean, he hasn't been a guy that really has jumped out at me. But then again, in watching the defense, I wouldn't say that there's just, you know, I mean, Randy Gregory has stood out. Uh, Micah Parsons has been impressive doing a, an array of different things. I'll tell you one thing about, about that whole deal is, you know, we had talked about like, okay, how are they going to get all these linebackers on the field and that? And we have seen quite a bit where they have had three linebackers on the field. And when I say that it's Jalen Smith and, and uh, Leighton Vanderish is more your traditional linebackers. And then it's Micah Parsons down in the box. And then there's other times where they would have Micah Parsons and Leighton Vanderish back. And then Jalen Smith down is a kind of an edge rusher. So I think that they're going to work with both of those guys to be an extra rusher. Uh, so that has been interesting to see because we didn't see a bunch of that at OTAs and minicamp. And we've heard it talked about, but then actually see it. I still believe when it's all said and done, when camp's over, we're done with the preseason. I think that it's going to be Leighton Vanderish and Micah Parsons are going to see you're going to see the most playing time for them at at, at the linebacker spot. But outside of them, I mean, Demonte Casey looks the part. I can see how why he was a guy that had the seven interceptions a couple of years ago. Um, and at corner, it's Trayvon Diggs for sure. I mean, he stands out all day long. Randy Gregory would probably stand out even more if he was going against. Terrence Steele or Brandon Knight, basically the offensive tackles for the Cowboys last year. But Tyron Smith has been an animal out here. He looks very healthy. And it just, the, and here's the other thing like when they practice, it's like 11 a.m. here and the marine layer has to kind of burn off. And so, like, the, I don't know, KT, if you remember that, like how the grass can kind of be a little wet and slippery. And that just isn't great for the Randy Gregory kind of trying to get b- blow by Tyron Smith. But I will say they've run multiple reverses with CD Lamb. To Randy Gregory's side, huge mistake for that. Those plays have been blown up right away because you can tell Randy Gregory, Gregory's got that speed on the perimeter. So, you know, those are those are definitely some guys that sit out there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've been watching Kelvin Joseph a lot, and I do think that he's going to be a good corner. They're just up to this point. It just seems like, uh, you know, he's kind of feeling his way out in that. But he has shown signs where, like I said, you see that aggressiveness. Saad, did you like the name of uh, Airplane Mode? <laughs> Uh, I guess like it runs kind of counterproductive, but you know, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> oh, he's, if he's not in, in any segments of hard knocks, I'm going to be stunned because uh, he is not shy around the camera. Yeah. I, I hope he's a star. I cannot wait for hard knocks, dude. It's going to be so fun. Oh, I've already heard that they're, that they got some Micah Parsons playing chess scenes in there that they've really, uh, okay. got the cameras out for. And that's the other thing, man. Like, like, you know, you watch. Oh man, I don't care. I mean, who cares who's listening to this anyway? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna <laughs> no, say this. No one's listening. It's yeah, just I don't us. care if you if you work this for hard friend, knocks. Friends among friends, Let's right? Go. If you work for hard knocks and you're listening to this, sorry, I don't. I don't really care. They have so many people out here that in if in only five episodes, if they don't have good stuff, that's going to be incredible. Oh, they're not, they're not risking it. Yeah. I'm just saying there's so many people. Somebody, so many. I heard somebody earlier say there's 40, I think there's 40 people there, or 40 cameras or something like that. Oh, I could totally see that. I mean, I'm just saying all I'm seeing is on the practice field and when they're micing guys up and they come out of the locker room, I don't even know what they have in the meeting rooms and stuff like that or what they have like, you know, with the players back by their hotels and things like that. I'm talking about just on the practice field. You're just like, drone. Oh, there's no yeah. way that they're, yeah, drones, right. There's no way that like they could miss anything if something good happens because there's just so many cameras, so many people working for Hard Knocks, and then they obviously have the best access. I mean, they're right by the field net, so well, I can't great, wait to watch Great way it. to tease. We're going to be talking about every episode of Hard Knocks here on the About Them Cowboys yeah. podcast. You yeah. know, that first episode of Hard Knocks, I don't know if I like this or not. I kind of wish they weren't, but the, they're all going to the Hall of Fame game. Uh, I heard that the creator of uh, of uh, Hard Knocks was on with, uh, with Corby and uh, Bob the other day. Uh, 
And she was talking about, see, I got off work and I was listening to the radio. How about that? And uh, she was talking about how most of their staff was going to go to Ohio. She's like, it's a little different this year because we got a team with four preseason games. So the first episode, you're probably going to have, you know, 15 minutes of content on the Hall of Fame game. So there, I kind of wish they didn't because I just kind of want to see what's happening at camp and not worry about the the spot national spotlight on the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. I kind of want to see the behind the scenes stuff. I want to see McCarthy rally yeah, up how, the troops. How great, well, about how great this? is McCarthy going to be in this Hard Knocks thing? I cannot wait for some gold McCarthy. Well, what Dude. about this? Like, if you watch the previous Hard Knocks with the Cowboys, there's always been a portion of it about the cheerleaders. So you got 15 minutes on 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 uh, on the on the uh, Hall of Fame game. Now. You're gonna have 15, go You got 15 road. minutes on the cheerleaders. There'll be 15 minutes on Rowdy. 15 no. Uh, 15 minutes on, on um, okay. so we'll get down to we'll have chess in there and then there'll probably be like three plays of uh you know Dak throwing a cd and then Dak leaving the field to go get an mri and that's your first what episode. do you think about this chess thing john because when i i was uh out at camp it was always des trying to dunk you know and beasley yeah, that sounds, and des playing one-on-one after practice and i was like this is not safe and we'd go out there at 2 a.m and there'd be jason witten out there shooting baskets and like what I don't know if this Maybe. is great for athletes to be dunking. Uh, you know, well, it's just probably a more safe, safe uh, training camp activity. Basketball is my favorite sport, so I would much rather see that. I don't care about chess, and I really, I mean, it's Ben Ben DiNucci against Micah Parsons on the chess board. Like, I how much start, time can you put out? Cowboys.com there? needs to start Twitch streaming some of these chess matches. Amari versus uh, versus uh, uh, you know Michael Parsons. I know they right. got a rivalry going. I don't know, See, man. This, I'm looking forward to seeing it as much as anybody. I this is my fault. I never watched the Queen's Gambit, so I don't really care about these chess. See, I like the Queen. I, I like Queen's Gambit a lot, but I still don't care about chess. Oh, I'm a big chess guy. I, I'm I'm just looking for a new story. I feel like we've already done the chess thing, you know, with the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, we had that thing a couple years ago. I feel like we've already covered that. I you agree. Know, Cheeto and all that stuff. So let's get something else. I agree. Uh, well, uh, which players you Paintball. know are. are yeah, yeah. Which players like to do paintball? Uh, maybe these players are going <laughs> to the beach and playing some again. sand volleyball. You know, there's all kinds of stuff you could you could you could throw out there. Uh, on the offensive side, is Michael Gallup okay? I saw that he uh, <laughs> got got hurt in what what appeared to be one of the weirdest plays you'll ever see in the first week of training camp. He looked like he stuck that landing. Clarence Hill was standing right there. Tim Collishaw, they could have helped. No, they would have got kicked in the face and <laughs> probably had to go to the hospital. But um, that was wild. That happened down the fence line for me. So I didn't see quite the severity of it until that the Cowboys website put out that video. And that was pretty, pretty nasty. But I will say I was a little surprised when I saw Well, I guess I shouldn't say I was surprised that they had an ankle injury because he did come right back in to the huddle, like whatever in his normal rotation of plays. And they were working on Hail Marys and he caught one of them. Like, Unfortunately for him, Cedric Wilson kind of got in the way and knocked him out of bounds. But like, I mean, it was a 50 yard jump ball that he caught. And he seemed fine. And then, I mean, I, I practiced today. He was off to the side, but like, he wasn't like working on resistance cords or anything like that. It just looked like they were just like, hey, let's just be precautious and give you an extra day here or whatever. But he wasn't limping or anything like that. Like, he didn't show any signs of of having any, you know, significant injury. And really watching Amari Cooper on the cords, like, I'm just kind of like, he looks, he looks really good. Like, he looks quick. Um, doesn't look like he's favoring his ankle at all. Um, so I don't know if there's like a major concern there. The, the one guy, and this is just going off of, you know, what Mike McCarthy said, it, the really keep an eye on is Tristan Hill, because when Tristan, when he said Tristan Hill was going to be on pup, he said that he's probably the furthest away and he goes him and Mitch Hyatt. And the reason I bring that up is because Mitch Hyatt was just the guy moved to IR to put Malik Hooker on the 90. And that IR that Mitch Hyatt was just put on isn't like this IR where you come back week one. Like it's the IR where you're out for the season. Like Mitch Hyatt is IR'd for the entire season right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tristan Hill starts the season on pop. And if that is the case, then you're going to need some Carlos Watkins. You're going to need some Quinton Bohanna, you know, uh, Osa Digizua. You're going to need some of these guys to step up. And that's a lot of question marks for a position that just, it has to be better than last year. I mean, it was a disaster last year. 
Yeah, I mean, Tristan Hill, too, being your you know second-round pick and all that stuff, you just needed to kind of work out. And just felt like he was making some progress last year outside from the dirty play that he had in the game that I forgot. Who were they playing? Giants? Was, was or Seattle? Seattle? Yeah, he had a pretty dirty one on, on uh, I want to say it was Chris Carson, maybe, on a tackle. Yeah, on yeah. Carson, yeah. Uh, but but uh, all that aside, he, it felt like he was making some strides to finally being a, a really solid, you know, every down player. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's where you kind of go, oh, man, just kind of tough luck right there. I'd hate to write that off this early. So, yeah, hopefully he gets that fixed. Um, the C.D. Lamb catch today. <laughs> Good Free Lord. show, man. We yeah. should get ready for that. We should see a lot of that, huh? Yeah, I mean, he had the one along the sideline at Oklahoma that is probably the most retweeted highlight of his, and he even said on draft night that that was probably the best catch he's ever made, similar to today where it was like it technically didn't count because the foot was out of bounds, but it just that nasty type of one-handed catch. And then it, obviously he's wearing 88 for the Cowboys, so it reminds you a lot of some of the stuff you would see out here from Des Bryant, but – uh yeah, man, C.D. Lamb is the truth. I mean, I would say there hasn't been anything about him out here that hasn't been impressive. I mean, everything from, you know, him and his punt return work to uh, route running to just how they're kind of moving around. Like, I, I thought with all those receivers healthy that he would probably stay in the slot for another year, but that doesn't appear to be the case. He's going to be moved around a lot, play a lot more on the outside. I mean, things are just lining up, especially if you get Dak back healthy pretty soon and they get continue to build their rapport. Uh, I mean, I think there's a good chance that he ends up being the team's leading receiver. I just, I just, he just scratched the sh- scratched the surface last year. I think there's a lot left to show from C.D. Lamb. And uh, the other thing about him too is that just the way he goes about it, it just seems so effortless. Like there was nothing like that catch today, the one hander, nothing like herky jerky about it. it. Just seemed like real smooth and just like I'm just gonna go throw one hand up. Now, I will say the pass was kind of lofted, so it allowed him to kind of get it, as opposed to just throwing a dart right at him. Um, but, yeah, I just – if there's one player to really be excited about, it's it's CeeDee Lamb for sure. I saw the uh, – via, via Blogging the Boys, I think they put this out there. Shout out to them. Uh, the over-under for CD this year was 6.7 touchdowns and 1,100 yards. What do you guys think about that? Over-under. Over on both. Yeah, I go. I'll say, I say easy over on the touchdowns. Yeah, I also remember you have an extra game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. Oh, good point. Yeah, he would have had over a thousand last year in a seventeen-game season. So yeah, yeah, over on yards, touchdowns. That's a little more random. I think he'll be. I think he'll be pretty active in the red zone um, in terms of his yard. ability to leap and make plays. If Slams. if Dak's healthy the whole season, I I think he's about fourteen hundred and ten touchdowns. Uh, dang. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can, I can see that. I mean, the only thing, the only thing that could derail this, but, though, throw some money down. Let's go, John. The, the only <laughs> thing that could, de- the only one thing that could derail this, and a lot of Cowboys fans I've seen uh, on Twitter have been very vocal about this, is the a little nervous <laughs> about him returning punts. You know, uh, let it one more year to me. To me, one more year of that. And if you need to, if you need to call off the dogs because of an ankle or or anything that happens to you, you know, then call off the dogs. But like, all right, all right. For, let me give you a scenario. I'm, let me I'm give you a scenario. Use him for one more year of that. Okay, one more year. But what if they said that Amari and Michael Gelp were going to be out for like the first three games of the season? Well, yeah. <laughs> you of want course. that 2000, dude? Two thousand yards. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, do you want him back there returning punts after that? No, I don't think I, I don't no. think I want him doing that anymore. No, but if you can. I think you could still do it. I, I yeah. you view it as a luxury, you know. Uh, I don't have to have a new Mercedes Benz, but if uh, I got a big bonus, uh, and the bonus being sixteen teams passing on CD Lamb, then you know what? I'll go ahead and buy a Mercedes Benz and uh, <laughs> not drive my Accord. Because here's the other um, thing: like you got to remember the special teams coordinator. Like, I mean, if he's back there, you tell me CD's returning all their punts this year with John Fossil. There's going to be at least a handful of them. There's some wild stuff where there guys are throwing like, the ball back and it's like really going to put you in some crazy position. Uh, I asked him the other day when we got stuck to John Fossil, I was like, I asked him about CD returning punts and he was like, yeah, we're really, we're really trying to open it up. We're trying to do even more stuff that like really kind of curtail towards like what his strengths are and stuff. And I'm just like, 
Oh, oh, they're going to be putting like some Cedric Wilson throwing it back to CD, who throws it back to Cedric, who then throws it back to CD. I mean, there's going to be some wild stuff here. So it's more <laughs> than just a, yeah, it's more than just a, okay, uh, return the punt or fair catch. It's like, hold on. Something wild's about to go down here. Someone needs to put John Fossil's face on the kid on um, Little Giants going, the annexation of oh, Puerto yeah. Rico. <laughs> for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saad, did you see the comments that McCarthy had on – it was really not McCarthy's comments, quotes on the – it was a Charles Robinson podcast. Saad, did you happen to see the comments there where Charles Robinson's kind of talking about the Cowboys wanting to go back to really establishing the run game and being dominant? Did you see any of that stuff? Yeah, and, you know, I – I think I think when you have the we just got done talking about C.D. Lamb and this whole receiving core, and I think you know you you can't force. We always talk about do you fit players into a system or the system to the players? Man, you have players right now where if you go out and throw it forty times a game, and if you're able to protect Dak for that much, I don't think you need to try to balance any kind of running game or just do it where just do it where it's needed. I don't really. I, I mean. I don't personally see the need to establish a running game just to get the offense going. I think obviously the running game is much better if you're using it in the fourth quarter because that means you're trying to run out the clock. So I don't know. Like I, I feel like Mike McCarthy, you know, if you adapt to the personnel that you have, just use the guys like CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz, and that's the way that the offense should run. Not so much. Uh, you know, Zeke is always every year training camps comes around. Zeke is in the best shape of his life. But, you know, take that with a grain of salt, I think. Yeah, so he was asked about that today. And so so I followed up with it because he didn't want to give us what the number is on the balance or whatever. So I was like, well, you're talking about number for a season or number for a game? And he's like, well, the number for the game. He didn't want to give it at first because he doesn't want us to, like, hold him to that or whatever. He's like, ideally, you want to be at 30 rushes every game. And he said that, but he said that there'll be games where, like, he thinks that they're going to run it 40 times. And yeah, that, that, I get what he's saying. Cause he really, it was like Garrett again, like emphasizing how they have to be comp complementary to the defense. Cause this isn't a defense that you're going to want to be putting out on the field for an extended period of time. Like it just is not, they just, there aren't the, there aren't enough playmakers there yet. You, have, you probably have to have another two drafts. Like they had just this past one of using significant, significant picks on defense to make it to that level. But when I, when he says that I get that he wants to do that with this offensive line you know, with Zeke look, I mean, 
and Zeke has looked good in this camp, just like he did in OTAs and minicamp. But, but with all that being said, it's just like, it's just hard to believe that Mike McCarthy team is going to do that when we haven't really seen that from, I know it's because he's at Aaron Rodgers, but then even if you just go off those first five games with Dak last year, like nothing about that looked like it was going to be balanced. And maybe it's because of the defense was so bad that it was like, you got to catch up. But while he's giving that answer today, he also mentions how, but, you know, this is a game where you got to score a lot of points. And so it's like, yeah, if you're sitting there and the other team is is banging 14 quick points and then you got to sit there and you're going to keep running the ball. Like, I mean, there were times when Jason Garrett did that. It's going to be tough to, you know, stick with it like that. And sometimes you have to establish the run like that. Like McCarthy said today, run the ball when everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run the ball. Got to be able to, you know, do that. But my thing is that that's fine until you get punched in the mouth and you're down a couple scores, then what do you do when you have weapons on the outside, all healthy, and they're all clicking? Like, it's going to be hard for you to sit there and be like, guys, we're going to throw it to you, but then slide and go down after seven yards because we don't want to score too quick. It's like, you've got all these weapons yeah. out there. You're going to hit fast on some of these drives. I mean, there's just going to be, there's just too many weapons out there. So I just find it hard to believe that all of a sudden they're going to go back to the 2014 Cowboys the 2016 Cowboys, you know, where it's like, we're going to be run first and then we'll pass off of that. It could, but I'll believe and, when I see it. And in, and in the end, this is a good thing, by the way, for all the people out there who thinks I I hate Mike McCarthy, this is a good thing. But in the end, he is who he is. And he right. is a guy who understands that we need to score 30 points. Right. Um, I mean, he was like that in Green Bay. He He's not trying to win games 20 to 17 like Garrett would do from time to time. And, and that's a good thing to me. The biggest issue last year, we never really saw any – every situation was kind of a close game last year and, I, and the games that count. I really don't want to count the games where Dak didn't play. <laughs> but early in the season, my biggest issue, I've got two things about Zeke that are huge. Number one, he cannot be a fumbler. I mean, he's got two seasons of his career of, of six fumbles. Like, dude, you can't be a fumbler. I'm sorry. That cannot happen. He knows that. but. Is anything going to get fixed? You know, knowing well, is I one will thing. Say, I have is seen the him. other thing. He has talked about, uh, I wrote about this uh, a week ago when we first got here and we talked to Zeke. He talked about how he he's a guy that would just carry the ball mostly in his right hand, even if that's just how it was because he had broken his, his left wrist. And so that's how he was doing it at Ohio State. That's how he was doing it. Emmett was, a, you know, same hand carrier as well. Yeah. There have been there have been plays in, in this training camp where he has switched hands when he switched fields. Cool. So maybe that's one of the things he looks at. And by the way, I think I, I I think I said this on the last podcast as well. Um, asking Zeke to do that is not should not be an ask. Like that is bare minimum for right. an NFL running back, let alone a ninety million dollar running back. Like that that's not something that we should be progressively seeing. That that's just there's no negotiation on that. Well, you can carry it with whatever hand you want, right? At the NFL level, if you're not fumbling, right? Well, yeah. But if you're fumbling f- like that, you got to make adjustments. A, a, a fumble should be a Oh, shit happens. It should not be, oh, God, he fumbled again. Oh, God, don't fumble every time you get the ball, like that type of thing. And quite frankly, the fumbles set them back a couple times in the last two years and prevented them from getting off to good starts in their season. Uh, and that's part of the whole thing of like establishing the run early and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, you were never able to get ahead in any of these games. And if that's the objective is to get ahead – and then kind of, so, well, you're never able to do that because when every time you get to the running back, you had dropped the ball. Now, the other thing I would say, and I thought of this when you were talking about how he looked good in camp, Zeke looked great in games last year when he had had the week off before. Right. Whether it was due to injury or a bye week or whatever, or a long week. He looked better in those games. So I'm still at a point with Zeke where I, I'm hopeful, but I, I, I got to see it to believe it because – what we saw out of him the last two years on an every week consistent basis was not enough. Right. And that's the thing. He can be not out enough. here and he can look great or OTAs or mini camp. But then that first week he gets 25 carries and let's say it goes well. Let's say Zeke gets 25 carries, goes for a buck 50 and two touchdowns. They beat Tampa Bay. But then the next week you're just like, Ooh, he looks, he looks like he took a pounding. Like, and then, and then he doesn't really get a chance to recover. And then the third week looks kind of the same. And the fourth week doesn't look great. And it just, yeah, that, that, if that's the case, then you aren't going to be a team that's just running the ball 30 times a game. It's just not going to happen. You know, and there, there's probably mechanisms in place to keep him, um, to keep him uh, fresh. One of those things being 
the double whammy of A, we're keeping Zeke fresh by giving the ball to Tony Pollard. B, we're getting Tony Pollard involved. There like are, also, but when, when Mike McCarthy says, we also got to be able to run the football when in those moments when everybody in the, in the stadium knows we're running the football, to me, those are your third and ones, your fourth and ones. And I just do not see you having Ezekiel Elliott on your team and he's not getting it. And those are the poundings you take because you're going up, you're going yeah. up the middle. You're not, you're not kicking it to the outside to try and get some space, more of the type of stuff that maybe you, you'd want to use as a change of pace type thing with Tony Pollard. If you're running, when everybody in the stadium knows you're running, that's you're running between the tackles and you're running with Ezekiel Elliott and you're going to take a yeah. pounding doing that. So. Yeah, and this is kind of where I go, and I'm not. We're not. I'm not going into contract talk here, but like the expectations for Zeke need to be big because his contract kicks in this year, right? And they're paying him like a top five running back in the league. And if it's a thing where it's like, well, we're really going to get Tony Pollard involved. Hey, I want Tony Pollard getting involved too. I also need Zeke carrying the balls. You know, most of the time, uh, and he will. But like, I'm talking, we don't need some like, oh, 12 carries for Zeke and 12 carries for Tony Pollard. Well, then why are we playing Zeke that much if we're just going to split carries? So like, you know, Zeke needs to have a big year. I think he, there's a chance he does, and I think the offense helps that. But you know, it's what early. he said was really encouraging, though, about how he felt like he let people down last year and stuff. And yeah, it's, no, it's not right. just like he's coasting along and making money and living the NFL life. Sure. Like he, he, he wants to be good. Right. I really, and, and, I really believe that. That's a good point, Kent, because he didn't really, he never really said much of that stuff last year when this was going on. And then he didn't talk during OTAs and he didn't talk during minicamp. And so I was kind of interested to hear how this was going to go. And, and I was a little surprised with, I'm not surprised, but I was, I was impressed with how much ownership he did take of that. Um, made me think that like it's something he's really been thinking about over the last few months. Um okay, is there anything else uh that we need to get to, John? I'm kind of kind of thinking about things. Got my notes. What's the up latest here. on vesselfinder.com? Oh, yes. the, uh, oh, I think still over by in in Italy uh area, but Italy. I will say I thought yeah, it would have been over on the uh Ventura Harbor area so they could no, and, cruise and, and, down the coastline. And, and forgive me for not remembering. I want to say it was on the ticket, but they, you know, Jerry kind of did his, uh, all his radio interviews the other day with each of the stations that are out here. And I believe it was on the ticket uh, with Dan and Jake. They asked him about the Bravo Eugenia and confirmed my beliefs on this whole thing. This is, this is, that's a Gene thing. That's not a Jerry thing. Jerry said that, he doesn't even like being on that's it. Why, yeah, more, that's why it's called more, a Bravo Eugenia. It's for yeah, it's for her. Uh-huh. He doesn't even like being on it for more than three days in a row, and he yeah, wants and to get said, off he it. He said in that interview that if you told him that he couldn't get on it, then he would he just would never go on it at all. Yeah, you said no, like, no. If he you said could not if you, get off. Yeah, if you couldn't get off it, yeah. if it meant like okay, you get on this boat right here, you'll never get off it for the rest of your life. He said he'd never even get on it. So well, yeah, that's a gene. That's a gene. He loves thing. his wife then because, according to some Instagrams of some grandchildren, they're on that thing. Uh, quite a bunch you know right so uh the the vessel is en route to the port of gulf in france beautiful oh, wow. um, just beautiful well, I think this can, time of year can film festival probably just wrapped up so yeah. west mediterranean um he always he always sailing. takes to monaco that's the best just parking it at monaco and just going to the grand prix that's the life man i was hanging out with some other media members the other day and this t- topic came up and i immediately pull up vessel finder on my phone and just, it was just funny to see like <laughs> Four or five people. They're like, wait, what? Going, going, why do you even know where this like website exists? I'm like, I don't have a look. It was because in the draft. we wanted to, I wanted to know where he yeah. was during the draft and found the, uh, the whole vessel. You know, you know what else is kind of wild about it, Kent, is that I've done some other research on there. And it's just wild how many yachts are out there. Just like and how many are so bigger many than yachts. Jerry's. So you need to find yachts. find Jeff yeah. Bezos's his yacht. You find it's, that find Jeff Bezos's new yacht on there. It's like disgustingly big. Like if you just yeah. zoomed in on the coast of California, which is obviously a huge state, it is incredible how many little arrows are just up and down that coast of just yachts. Amazing. Living the life. Well, hopefully they get a lot of Jerry content on Hard Knocks. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, right now I'd say, I'd say I'd players, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning heavily towards you know, boss man fat Kelvin Joseph, uh, Micah Parsons, 
Certainly, uh, John Fossil, I think, will be a big part of it because he does more than just special teams. He runs a lot of team drill stuff. And so I think there's going to be behind the scenes team stuff with him. Dag and Zeke. Uh, Marcus Lawrence is great. I bet he'll be on there a lot. You got to have Mike McCarthy in there just because they always have head coaches in there. And I do think he, he has like a really dry, like wit, like sense of humor to him where he'll crack jokes and stuff like that. And I think that'll make for good TV. Um, you know, Gallup flipping over that, that fence. I'm sure that they'll, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, the behind the scenes, like, you know, they always go with some undrafted guys into their like hotel rooms and, and, you know, have meetings and things like that where they call their parents and tell them how training camp's going. So there'll be stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see like any team bonding type things, go to the beach, stuff like that, see what they get out of that. John, if I can real quick, real quick, bring a off there question to you on, on, on the show, like we talked about all these, all these players, uh, you know, CD Lamb, Zeke, all that stuff. Is Tony Pollard just kind of getting lost in the shuffle there? Does is there is there a lot? It, it, there was so much talk about all that he can do. Um, what have you kind of seen in that in that direction uh, out there so far? Yeah, it, it's funny because like you know I, I try and write players that stood out and post videos, and a lot of times ends up being the same players. But on that note, I would say like. There's nothing about Tony Pollard that that looks bad. It just there hasn't been a lot of things that have really stood out that have caught my eye. And in that same subject, that same territory, I would say that about Jabril Cox. I just thought that there'd be some stuff about, you know, maybe Jabril Cox that stood out a little bit. And I haven't really noticed him because he's another one. Like both those guys, I feel are, are kind of like fan favorites. And I just haven't seen much from either one of those where like a semi-fihoku or a Malik Turner, they're like Noah Brown even one day, like you're not really looking for those guys, but they'll do something where you're like, oh dang, did you see that right there? Um I haven't been watching as much of the defensive line just because I've been watching more of the offense. So I can't really tell you about like an Oso Digizua, you know, man rush type thing because when they're doing those individuals, so is the offense doing theirs. And uh, I've been watching a lot more of, you know, CD and stuff like that. I need to get back over to defensive line a lot more. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's somebody else that I hear from along the Tony Pollard lines that people want to know about that really haven't. That would probably be it. Another thing that's kind of interesting about this camp too, is that with Greg Zerline out, like we don't really see any spe- like field goal kicking. You know, it was one of those things we would chart, like, you know, what Dan Bailey was for the day or, you know, whatever, like, and there hasn't been any of that. So they're, you know, special teams have mostly been just punt returns off the jugs machine and stuff like that. So nothing crazy there. If they do f- kick field goals, Hunter Nicewinder is going to do it. And obviously he's a punter. Um, yeah, that, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that have stood out are the guys that you'd expect, you know, and who's I, somebody that stood out that, that we don't even know they're who they are right, right now. That's not a starter, you know, that's like, like man, Mal- this guy's going to make the team. Watch out for him. Oh, to make the team. I don't know. Cause I don't think Malik Turner is going to make the team just because they're yeah. Because I hadn't heard his name before, and you brought yeah, him up no, today. no, no. But he's been he's been solid, not just in some of the catches he made, but just the trust that Dax had in him nice. uh, when he has worked with Dak. Uh, this obviously this guy isn't you know off the radar. It's a guy that you guys are going to know, but Dalton Schultz is build going to build off that season last year. That wasn't a I've one year him all like, over. Schultz so yeah. I've seen a lot of clips of him, man. He looks yeah. good. He looks good. He he does, and and Blake Jarwin does too. I just you can tell they're kind of bringing him back, yeah. and that Blake Jarwin will certainly be a factor coming off that ACL net. But no, uh, Dalton Dalton Schultz is for real, and this is a contract year for him. He's going to make himself some some good money this year, and uh, you know we got a chance to talk to him today, and you know he went to that tight end, I believe they call it like tight end university, whatever it was, with oh, Kelsey yeah. and all that like that. You're talking about it's like picking up tips and stuff off of being around all those tight ends for that week or weekend, whatever it was. Oh, I bet that was great for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he just him and him and every practice really that I've noticed, it's him and Jarwin end it. Like they're the last two out on the field on the drugs machine, always together. Like they're in really good good shape there, uh, with, with those two. Uh, and it's gonna be interesting to see what they end up doing because going back to the Mike McCarthy thing, if you are trying to run it more often, you certainly would have to be a more 12 personnel. So if both of those guys are healthy all season, you can line up in, in some 12 personnel and then throw out of it. And really, you know, there was a, there was a coverage bus doing some stuff like that the other day with Dalton Schultz, where he just is running down the seam just, and, and he's made nice con- contested catches too, but yeah, for sure. And that he's definitely, he's definitely stood out. And then you just have seen him get more opportunities because you don't, you don't have a Mari Cooper out there and Gallup, like I said, got hurt yesterday. So you don't see him out there today, but yeah, 
Schultz seems like he's for real. Want to trade for Xavier Howard or what? I don't. I I, I really don't. I, I I would like see what you got in Calvin Joseph. Keep building the defense with young guys. I'm not trying to spend any money like mm. like that way. You know, I'm trying yeah. to. I, I, I in a perfect world, I would have next year's draft look a lot like this past year's, where you're just adding more weapons to your defense, and then your hope is that you're building with what Dan Quinn has. Like he he, he establishes a foundation this year, and then you got a defensive coordinator that's back another year. You keep building, and keep building, and keep building off of that, as opposed to yeah, this kind of didn't work because he didn't have any playmakers. Let's go get another defensive coordinator. Like I think building with him and what he's looking for, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, heck, maybe you maybe you end up finding like a diamond in the rough pass rusher that you know is your next Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, or something like that. But uh, I would keep I would keep building this defense through the draft. I, I just and I mean, what's Howard going to cost? It's the thing. Like he wants to leave. He doesn't want to leave just because I don't like being in, on this team anymore. He wants to leave because he wants to get paid. And hey, and to just, be honest with you, if I'm paying, if I'm gonna be paying for a corner, I'm saving that money to decide for Trayvon Diggs. I don't want him leaving. Do you think he's sees what Byron's getting paid, and it's like I'm better than that guy? They're not gonna pay me. That, that sounds like yeah. I mean, that's a factor in that statement that he put out. I saw the other day. He said that you know I'm, I'm not even the highest paid corner on the team. Obviously, <laughs> you know Byron is a jab. So yeah, it's so like, it, man. it probably is to a certain extent, but. Um, you know, he wants to be one of the highest paid corners in the league, which is fine. I mean, he's one of the best corners in the league. But if you're the Cowboys, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I'm trying to I'm trying to pay Trayvon Diggs. I'm trying to keep him around, you know, right. more so than, you know, adding a guy like that. If they felt like that was the only thing that was missing, it might be a little bit different. But they're, they need D-tackle help, you know. They need defensive line help. And I'm not talking just this season. I'm talking for the next five, ten years. Like, spend the money there. And uh, they need their quarterback to make sure that he's not – you know, seriously injured too. I'd like for that to go away. Yeah. I don't think it's serious, but it's one of those things where I think it's going to keep him out of practices there. And that could alarm some, but just, uh, I I mean, they called it a muscle. They called it a muscle strain. A muscle is is generally not something. It's not a joint, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not like a bone that's got fractures in it and things like that. You know, I was wondering if if he had that thing insured. If he probably I mean, does now, if he hasn't already. I think it's because... I've been a I Rangers that, fan for too long. Like, any arm injury, I'm like, oh, shoulder, God, he blew his arm shoulder, out. Throwing, oh, throwing arm, yeah. That's, it, They've got to take a rib cuff, out, yeah. out to make his shoulder work. No, true, true. There's reason. There's obviously any sport, you know, stuff like that. I think that you're just... You got a little bit of that Tony Romo. Oh, no, let's not always jinx this. Let's not. Always something hey, with let's the back. Not, let's not jinx this, dude. This is just training camp. Dak could not go down in training camp for longer than... <laughs> A day, if it does, and then then, oh no, this cannot happen. What do you mean longer than a day? He can't be hurt, legitimately hurt. I know they're going to ease him in and and hold him out of practice and stuff, but like he can't right. be legitimately hurt in training camp. If he's, we're not even into the season, and and this is already being talked about. No, we don't need this 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 bad juju right now. Yeah, I yeah, would say I would say though. I would say the reason would be to be concerned if it, they said it was some type of like a uh, something joint related. I think that's when you get into like the pitching type stuff like that. But when it's uh-huh. a muscle t- type thing like that, that's generally not the same thing. I mean, right. I'm not a doctor, it, but it is wild. How many pitching injuries you see? Like so many. It's on, it's an epidemic in baseball. Yeah. And football players just don't have that. And I didn't realize the motion's different, but it is, you don't see a lot of that arm injury stuff with quarterbacks. In fact, you never see it. Yeah, yeah. but it's so, the motion and the speed, it's like the jerkiness of, yeah. of, of the shoulder. You know, it's just completely different. Like, I, I played I played some pitcher in high school, um, and it's actually, like, it's funny because a lot of times people will say, like, if you play quarterback, you should also, like, play pitcher. And that's really not good for you in either sport. <laughs> like, if you're a pitcher, it doesn't really translate that well to being a quarterback or vice versa. Like <laughs> I had to switch to play catcher in the middle of the season just because it was it was so bad for my for my overall like throwing form. So didn't it mess up Jameis Winston? Was yeah. Something yep. Didn't, yeah. Yeah. In college, like he had to. Yeah, it was something with that. I remember. I, I would say that the thing with Dak, and this is only speculating, but I would think that it's more along the lines of he gets hurt last year, finally gets healthy, and when he gets healthy, he's probably been working out a ton. And he's probably been throwing a lot more this offseason than he's thrown any other offseason. So that's probably why you get some muscle soreness is because you're not only 
uh, you know, throwing right now, but you were throwing a lot in between then too. And so uh, they probably just need to take it down a notch and where he isn't throwing as much and to kind of like, you know, relax a little bit. They don't need him right now. They need Oh, breaking one, news. Kevin know. Turner just said in the chat, the nooch is better than Tony Romo. Oh, well, clearly, clearly you what haven't you watched th- any of these practices out here. Sorry. The I next Tony Romo, is that what you meant? Better than Tony Romo in, at that stage in his career? Was that what you were implying? Mm. No, 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 I was just having fun. Hey, uh, one I'm last one, deprived. one NFL note I wanted to, to hit on. Um, that kind of ties into the show. John, I know you hate, or not hate, I know you don't care about uniform numbers, uniforms, things like that. Um, by the way, the Cowboys throwbacks are going to make an appearance or come back next year, apparently. They can start wearing those again. So exciting times. But did you see Mac Jones wearing number 50? What was that about? I think that's a Bill Belichick thing. That he's, yeah. That's what, I, know, that's what I thought. But my why I ask that, what's your thought on quarterbacks wearing weird numbers? Like, like uh, you know, Michigan quarterback wearing 98, stuff like that. What, what, what's your I hot take there? I can't stand it. I can't okay, stand there, it. Okay, yeah. Man. I know we'd have thoughts. Every, every other position, like, I'm pretty liberal on. But with quarterback, I just absolutely can't stand it. Like, it, like for me, even odd numbers, like like 19, it's kind of weird. Like, you don't, you just don't see a lot of quarterback 19s walking around. For yeah. me, like, I, I'm pretty – traditional in the seven, 12, eight, four, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like I just, when this whole conversation came up about Jalen wearing nine and stuff, like I don't have a problem with any of that, but I can't stand when quarterbacks wear these unconventional numbers. Yeah. I would prefer that they were not only single digits, but three through nine, I think is what a quarterback should be. I even think it's, honestly, I think it's kind of weird. I even think it's kind of weird when they wear one, to be honest with you. Yeah, or, but see, or two. 12, is just, 12 has just become the iconic number for I – like, I feel like that is the quarterback number from Staubach, Rodgers, Bradshaw, Brady, like all the way down. Like it's just Andrew Luck. It, like, you know, like I feel like that's just kind of become the number. But I'm, I'm with you. Like I like the single digits better too overall though. I hate the number thing that's happened, and I'm all about players being empowered and having more rights. I think they should be able to wear cool cleats whenever they want, uh, things like that. But I hate, I'm hate i too organized of a person. I hate the number changes that have happened. I hate that Jalen Smith's going to be wearing nine. I hate it. There were people campaigning was, Dak to change to 15 this offseason. That's insane. No. Dak's four. That's crazy. And Dak I also – I also hate the 17 game schedule and I'm a guy who likes an extra Sunday of staying on my couch, but I just, there are going to be teams that are eight and nine or nine and eight. And it just doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel? Yeah. So, so how are you going to feel about 18 and then 19 and then 20? We're not going that far. What? You think they're going to go to 20 games? They'll be at 20 games in the next 10 years. These guys oh, are not going to have any heads. That. I think they'll be at like okay. 18 or 19. I don't know about 20. That's three games and that's will add one every other year, basically. Yeah, they'll basically Tough. every year they'll get not it won't be every year, but it'll gradually they'll get every other there will be no preseason. For, to get to a, a ten oh I don't oh. Uh, I don't you know. don't need to have preseason in my mind. Uh, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, they're professionals get that. Yeah. for a reason, right? They're professionals for a reason. College, I don't they don't see have college preseason. football players. Yeah, I don't see high school players having preseason. There you go. They don't need preseason. Oh, well, what's coming up this next, next week at camp though, John, what they got a scrimmage, anything coming up? Yeah. I mean, but who cares to watch it if Dak isn't practicing? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. They- <laughs> oh no. When's Matt Stafford no, rolling into no. town and the Rams and all that. Yeah. So now that's not for, that's that little bit. That's more than a week away, but got it. Um, the big thing about this is that they're going to be in full pads more now, you know, they had a ramp up. So hopefully we get to see Malik Hooker in pads, you know, and seeing what he's able to do. Uh, on the back end. And then the other thing is just to see what you got in Garrett Gilbert, because this could be a good time to find out, like, can this be your guy's backup or do you need to go out and make a move to get a backup quarterback just to be sure? Uh, or do you think he can run the offense and do everything that's asked of you? So there's going to be a lot of eyes on Garrett, on Garrett Gilbert during the next few practices as well. Um, yeah. Cause defensively DeMarcus Lawrence ain't coming back until they get back to Dallas. Uh, Mark Cooper's not coming back until they get back to Dallas. So I would say, it's about the rookies, you know, more Micah Parsons, more Kelvin Joseph, seeing where they're at. The other thing for me is like, can the defense keep up what they've done these last two practices? Eight interceptions in the last two practices. Like, is this going to be, is this just two lucky days for them? I mean, 
or is this going to, are they going to continue to build on this? So those are some of the things, but yeah, that Rams practice, that's not for another week. Um, but that'll be obviously interesting to watch. It would have been nice if Cam Akers was healthy, healthy to see what they would kind of do maybe against their run game and stuff like that. But you know, this is going to be our first time out here with a Mike McCarthy team. So I'm interested. There was always with Jason Garrett, there would be this one day out there where you just knew that they were going to really, you know, full pads and they were going to do a lot of like run zone running, like real, you know, as Jason Garrett would say, bone on bone hitting. And I'm wondering if Mike McCarthy's going to do that, you know, coming off the injuries they've had last year, just the way he's structured these practices, things like that. Now, obviously having the DAC injury, uh, will he continue to do stuff like that or will we not really see that? So, I mean, there's not going to be any shortage of, of material here. So, uh, yeah, the biggest difference is that these should all be padded. I mean, for the most part. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. All right. Well, we'll, uh, come back next week with more stuff from father John Machado live in Oxnard, California. Oxnard. Uh, make sure you stay, uh, uh the nard, um, make sure that you stay uh, tuned into the athletics. There's all kinds of local sports crap happening. Like Sod had a busy day with the Dallas Stars, who signed about 15 players. And then uh, the Rangers, uh, even though it's not official, at the time we recorded this, have traded Joey Gallo. So I know Levi's going to have great stuff there. So make sure you stay locked in to the athletic. We will be back next week. Or if anything emergency happens, we'll be here for an emergency pod. Ah, uh, for Father John Bishota, for Saad Yusuf, for our producer Ken Garrison, I'm KT. See you next time on About Them Cowboys. You say a game check?